This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Welcome to Jail Bible Study 2023. My name is Kevin McCarthy, and I'm excited to share with you a wonderful message that has so much meaning in everything we do, see, breathe, and live. And that verse is, we're going to start with a couple verses here, but the first verse is John chapter 8, verse 12. So flip your Bibles open. We'll be spending quite a bit of time in the book of John. I'm excited to share all the meaning to this, but quite simply, we can't live without light. And God and his son, Jesus Christ, is light and life. We'll see how that kind of affects us every moment of our life here. That verse quite, I'll go over it once, I'll go over it a couple times, but Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So if you think about it, and sometimes we take all these things for granted, but everything we do, everything we see, everything we breathe is created or comes from the creator God who created the lights and created the sun. Now the sun is amazing. We can't even realize what a miracle that is. It's been said that there's probably no other planets in the universe that are just the right distance, which is 93 million miles, away from a sun. And that sun of ours burns at a steady rate. It doesn't have pulses or bursts. So it gives us this steady light, which provides heat for us. And if you think about it, only Jesus can rescue us from the darkness. And that light from the sun creates many things. And first of all, it gives us warmth and it creates the weather cycles that give us rain, that give us moisture, that gives us wind. Without the moisture, we wouldn't have any growth of any trees or plants. So that light also causes the trees and plants and grasses to, to, to grow. And when they grow, the process of photosynthesis, remember that from science back in seventh grade, photosynthesis gives us gives us energy and gives us oxygen. So those little plants are recycling carbon dioxide that we breathe out, converting it to oxygen that we breathe in. And they are just the right distance away so we can use those for every living being. So think about it, every living being. So everything we eat either is from the ground or cattle, pork, pigs, uh, chickens, all eat feed that come from ultimately from the sun and plants. So, and by that token too, only the sun can bring us life. So the life of food, the life of breathing, and a few other things that we take for granted too. As a doctor, I'm aware of that without oxygen, oxygen creates D3, vitamin D3. If we don't have enough D3, we get depressed. If we don't have enough vitamin D3, our bones don't function properly and we become kind of weak bones. 
also, think about this. They know now that vitamin D3 helps our immune system. So people that are vulnerable to viruses and bacteria, they get sick. Now doctors are prescribing vitamin D3. So think about that. So simple. It comes from God. It comes from the sun. And it gives us life. Okay? It also affects our mood and our behavior. And it cures depression. So doctors are now finding that rather than giving antidepressants, get sunlight or take D3. So D3 right now is almost like a cure-all. It prevents many people from getting the COVID virus and all kinds of bacteria. It also regulates our sleep, our wake, wake time, how we wake up, and our digestion. If you think about this, one of the worst tortures that can be done, wartime tortures or any evil countries, they'll put someone in isolation in the dark. And those people usually don't last more than a month or two. Health-wise, as well as mentally, they start having hallucinations. So think that if we don't have Jesus Christ in our life, we're going to fall into mental problems and not really go, go be violent, but we'll start having problems with a lot of people who are not in Christ have depression and they have mood problems. And they just, they don't see happiness. For we know the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So God's gift of creation of the sun and the light gives us faith, gives us faith that we'll have these things in the future. So if you think about it, we all have to have faith when we turn on a light switch that that switch will go on, don't we? We all have to have faith when we turn the spigot that our water is going to go on to, to bathe and wash clothes, wash our dishes. And we also have faith when we walk, wake up every morning that's going to be sunshine or some kind of light in the morning. So we put our faith in those things that God has created. So what I'm asking today is for you to make a leap of faith to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, I'm not just going to uh, tell you those things. I'm going to show you many, many verses from the, from the Bible that describe this and describe about how we need to turn to the Lord to be saved. So what we're doing right now, we're going to kind of go over three categories today. So you can write these down. The first is God is the creator. He's the creator of everything. Okay, I'm going to start with Isaiah 9-2. Isaiah 9-2 from the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah. A wonderful verse that described our condition. Bear with me. I only have one hand, so I'm a little bit slow flipping the Bible open. Sometimes the right hand is paralyzed. But 9-2 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Wonderful verse. The people who walk in the darkness, they're walking in sin. They're not walking in the light of Jesus Christ and the light of God. Their lives are dark. Dives are evil. They don't turn to Him. God has not called them. So we know that God's Word will bring light to people. God's Word is the light of life. So another great example is going back to Exodus 13.22. We don't go back to Exodus sometimes too, that often, but flip it open to Exodus 13.22. And let me give you a little backdrop here. 
the people of Israel are leaving Israel and they're being led by Moses into the new land. But before they get to the promised land, they're wandering. And what a wonderful, wonderful thing the Lord has done for these people. And I'll read it and then I will explain a little bit what's happening. So Exodus chapter 13, verse 21 and 22. Now, the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, by day nor the pillar of fire by night from, from before the people. So it's, it's amazing. He provides a cloud of protection in the desert where the temperatures were up to 120 degrees. But at nighttime, the people were fearful. They were going into a new land, a new country, and they didn't have any guidance. So we think about this. The pillar of light is, is God. Okay? And the pillar of God directed these people. It provided protection by providing light so that coyotes and animals wouldn't attack them. It guided them on the correct way to go. There were areas where they might have to avoid some warlike people, but the light of God, the, the light beamed down on them and provided them protection and a way to go. And it saved them. It was, it was symbolic of the coming of Jesus Christ. So if they put their faith in that pillar of light, it would guide them to a safe place. So we do know the rest of, of, of Exodus. We won't get into that right now. But what a wonderful example how the God today provides his son. And he rescues us. He saves us. He directs us. He guides us. Just like this pillar of light. He gives us safety and protection. He gives us nurture. He gives us all that we need in Christ. So let's also, I'm giving you kind of a survey of the light of life. Let's jump up to Colossians 1, 16, 17. One of my favorite verses. So much in this, so much depth in this. Okay, it's Colossians chapter uh, 1, verse 15, 16, and 17. Bear with me and listen to me now. He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now listen to this. Verse 16. We're talking about creation right now. The first section is God creates. So here's our creation right here. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things are held together. You think about it today, and I know this now, where people are not in Christ, things start to happen. There's no God, like gravity, people go down. There's wars, there's conflicts. There's never peace among people who are seeking for something else for peace. They will seek for doing good, good things, doing social justice, um, giving food, all those things are good, but, but those will never 
bring you lasting peace. So he is in all things. He created all things. He's God. He created the whole space. He created the sun. And he holds everything together. We look at marriages where there's not Christ. There's problems. There's frictions. But in Christ gives us blessings. Gives us wonderful blessings. And he says, for by him all things are created, even those things that are invisible. Okay? There's so much in the oceans and the seas that we don't see, but it provides us life. The oceans, because they're liquid, they balance out the temperatures in the world so that we don't have terrible heat surges and terrible coldness. It regulates things. And it also evaporates, giving us moisture. So we don't see those things. We don't see how rain is created or these hurricanes are created. But we know it's part of what God has created. His dominion, his, his rule, as we say. And it says all things, all things have been created through him and for him. So some wonderful verses on God the creator in this verse as light. The next verse is going to be on Jesus as our salvation. Okay, our salvation, our Savior. If we go to John chapter 1, verse 4, John chapter 1, verse 4, there's a lot of meat to this text or this verse. We'll go over this for a second here. John chapter 1. Kind of read along with you. John chapter 1. People ask me, where's a good place to start in the Bible? And I will, I will tell you, start in the book of John. John was the closest to Jesus. He knew him the most. He had, they had an intimate relationship. In fact, John was so close that Jesus asked John to look over his mother when he was on the cross dying and being crucified. So I'll start right now. John chapter 1. Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. That means he is God. He was always there. So for me, it's hard to, to fathom sometimes is what came before, but he was always. He was always. Verse 3, kind of talking about that same thing we saw earlier in Colossians uh, 1, 16 and 17. He says, all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So he created everything. Not just some things, but everything. That's what he's saying. Now let's think about this. We talked about this earlier. We talked about how sunlight, sunlight is life. If we don't have the sunlight, we get weak, crippled, we get mentally a mental problem. We'll die after a while, after a couple months. He says in verse four, "In him was life, and the life, and the life was a light of man. In him was life, and the life was a light of men. So he's all, all everything. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now." I hope you're not in the darkness right now, but if you are in the darkness, I'm just asking right now, turn to the light, turn to Jesus Christ, turn to the book of John. 
don't think you're being weak or something, or you're, you're, you only, it's that simple, but turn, turn to him and be saved. And even before Jesus came into the world in the New Testament, he speaks a wonderful verse in Psalm 27, who was written by David. David the warrior king. David who took down Goliath. David who is 32 generations removed from Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus Christ is son of man, son of God. So just like that light, it's a mystery. In fact, researchers today they can't explain light. They can't explain how it can do all these properties without having any mass. So that's a mystery. But David, King David writes this Psalm 1100 years before Jesus. And he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It's simple. We don't have to have a lot of fancy things. You have to read a manual or read these instruction books. No. In fact, in Isaiah 45, 22, another prophet, he keeps it real simple. He says, turn to me and be saved. Turn to me. Turn to the Lord and be saved. And when we turn, we're repenting. Right? We're turning away from the life of darkness, the life of sin, the life of making up our own rules, the life of being lost. We turn away and we turn to the Savior, Jesus Christ. We turn to Him. We repent. We turn away. We ask forgiveness of our sins and we submit. Submit. That's a word we don't hear too often these days. But we submit means to humble oneself and humble oneself and to admit that we really, really don't know what's going on. We don't have all the answers, but God does. To submit means to turn to Him, acknowledge Him, humble yourself, and recognize Him as Lord and Savior. So, those three verses talk a little bit about salvation. If you turn to the book of John, if you have time this week, in the next several days, Turn to the book of John and be saved. Okay? Um, there's another verse in John right after we read that. It says, There was a true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him. But the world did not know him. The world didn't know him. The world, because of the fall of man, the fall of man, we were sons of Adam. The first Adam fell away. He tried to make his own rules. He was a rebel. Just like all of us, we're rebels. We're rebels in our heart. We don't want to acknowledge that someone else has power of us. We want to make our own decisions. Do whatever we want to do. Live our own lifestyles. Drugs, alcohol. But then we'll kind of we'll say, oh yeah, yeah. I'm a Christian. On the holidays, maybe, maybe on Easter or Christmas. We'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, God. Or something bad happens. We, we turn to, oh, God, help help that person. They're kind of like catastrophe Christians. I think about it that way. When something goes bad. When the football player last week had a heart attack on the field, all of a sudden, 
even the announcers of these stations became, quote, prayer warriors Christians, praying for someone. So they, they weren't really, but in, in times of desperation, who do they turn to? The Lord. They turn to the Lord. So I'm asking you right now, don't just turn to Him when you need something, need some money, or need help with your girlfriend or your wife, and then the rest of the week, the rest of the month, just kind of go, ah, you know what, I got it covered. Okay? Now the, the part that some of us don't talk about, we talk about John, again, in 12 he is our saving faith. The faith that saves us. Okay? We have faith that the sun's going to be out tomorrow. We have put our faith that Jesus will save us. So, by turning to him in faith and repentance, the other key word, obedience. Obedience. Not just some of the time, but all the time. Stepping out of the darkness and turning to him. So, a couple verses before we finish here. Very important. First John 1, 5 through 7. Sometimes we forgot to go back to the back of our Bibles, but 1 John 1, 5 through 7. Oh, I ran across my other verse in selection of judgment. So, so God is a judge. He will judge. He came the first time to save, but he'll come again to judge. We don't know when that is. We don't know. But he said in the book of Hebrews, and as much as it is appointed for men to die, once to die once, and after this comes judgment. Die once, and comes judgment. Think about that. Where are you right now? You're only going to die once. Okay? You can't plan. Two things you can't plan when you're born and when you're born again. It's God calling you and you turning to Him. Don't waste that opportunity. Don't waste the opportunity when you're reading your Bibles or you're watching us. So He also says kind of the same thing. First John 1, 5 through 7. He's a little bit more direct. This is written by the Apostle John a little bit later in his years. Okay, He says, God is light. God, it's so simple. God is light. People will write long, long, long books. God is this, God is that. No, God is light. God is our salvation. God is our judge. So he says, there is judgment. He says, this is the message we've heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. There is no darkness in God. God is repels darkness. He's truth. He's light. He goes on to say, if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have a fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's, there's a gospel right there. There's a good news right there of Jesus Christ. He says, if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, that's what Jesus said. He said, do fig trees bear thorns? 
Are you a hypocrite? Are you saying, oh yeah, I wear a cross or I got a cross tattoo? Well, that's all things are kind of symbolic. But what about the heart? What about your heart? Where are you right now? Are you living in the light on Sundays for an hour and a half or so? Go to church, get there a little bit late, but I made it to church, I went to church. My parents went to church here. My, my father was a, was a usher. And yeah, I go to church and I'm good to go. And yet you go on doing things. You turn on the weekends to gambling, to drinking, to drugs, to all kinds of adultery, terrible sin. But you figure, you know what? I'm good to go if I go to church on Sunday. I'll go to that church, that light. But we get right down to it. You're not really a Christian. You're not really saved. You're not trusting in the blood of Jesus. As it says here, if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have peace with one another. When you're not a believer, you won't live with peace with one another. You'll, you'll kind of feel uncomfortable because you know you're not a Christian. You kind of talk a certain talk, but deep down, you don't read your Bibles. You don't even have a Bible. Okay? And you're still running around, chasing, chasing the world instead of chasing Jesus Christ. And we say, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now that's, that's a mouthful right there. The Bible says in the Old Testament, for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So in the Old Testament, Jesus had not come yet, but the sacrifice of sheep, goats, heifers, they were all symbolic, the blood to take away for the remission of sin. They were temporary. They really was a ritual that was point us to Jesus Christ. So he finishes with, if we say we have no sin, and we're, we're receiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Pretty simple. Jesus says, John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father, Father God, except through me. So, in kind of finishing up here, I've got some questions for you. Have you repented? Have you really repented? Have you turned away? Have you begged? Begged the Lord? The Lord Jesus to take your sin? The Savior, the Creator of all? Have you left the darkness? That's why these verses in John are so simple, so easy. In fact, his one other verse of judgment, pretty straightforward, John 3.19. John 3.19. He says, John 3.19. Open your Bibles. This is really at the heart of Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. Okay? He says, first of all, in 17, for God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Okay? 
be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He's not judged. If you believe in him, he knows your heart. He who does not believe has been judged already. Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. A lot of religions will say God or the higher power or Allah or the Book of Mormon will say their God. But it's not the true, true God. And he sums it up in verse 19. This is the judgment. Ha! We talked about that judgment earlier in some of these verses. This is the judgment. That the light has come into the world. And the men love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. So how are you living right now? Are you running from that light? You know, it seems like most of the sins that occur, I would say 90% occur at night, especially some of the more violent sins, like theft, felony theft, armed robbery, assault. Seems like it's always done in the darkness. Okay? It's not done in bright light. People wouldn't do that. They're not proud of their, of their sins. So, once again, the men love the darkness. Do you like your darkness? Do you like your sin? Do you like your fallen world? If not, remember Isaiah 45, 22. Turn to the Lord Jesus and be saved. He will rescue you. He'll bring you to the true light. Amen.